Blog Talk Radio. Sports Radio Show, hosted by Robbie D, Big Mike, and Vinny the Shark. And good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Over the Top Sports Radio on this Saturday morning, and we have hit March, March 3rd, March Madness getting underway, all that fun, baseball less than a month away, we are starting to get out of the boring part of the sports season, and we're here to talk about it with you guys for the next 90 minutes, so thank you for joining us, Uh, Robbie D, Vinny the Shark, Big Mike with you. Goon also at the controls. We want to talk sports with you guys at 646-716-5403. That's 646-716-5403. Hit us up on Twitter as well, or if you're watching on Facebook Live in the comments section, any comments you have or questions, throw them at us. We will make sure to get to them in the next hour and a half as we are talking NHL, NBA, college basketball. And we're going to talk baseball because we're going to start our division previews. We're going to start with the AL West today. We have... um, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California of the USA beat writer Jeff Fletcher joining us at 11:30, so he's going to help us in our AL West preview today as well. And um, of course, we're going to talk some NFL because we are now getting to that time where things are starting to ramp up a little bit. It's been a month now since the Super Bowl. We have the scouting combine this week. You got free agency about to hit us um, where the league year starts and all these trades can actually officially go through. We saw a big one yesterday again with yeah. the Rams messing with their defense. Um, and of course, people looking forward to the draft and free agency, the two biggest parts of the offseason. Uh, and I think that's where we'll start today, guys. Uh, first, uh, I did bring up that trade real quick, and we talked about the Kansas City trade um, with uh, Los Angeles. So you think they're ramping up their D, and then they go out and trade Robert Quinn. Um, I would have liked to have Quinn and Peters in the same defense, but instead, you know, Quinn is on his way out of the door. Uh, what do you guys make of that deal? Yeah, I don't really understand it. I know that they've been looking to move him. They actually offered him straight for uh, Marcus Peters. So uh, I don't really understand it. I think he's battled injuries the past couple seasons. Um, good for Miami, I guess. He's still, when he's healthy, he's a very dominant defensive end. He's one of the best defensive ends. So good for Miami from the Rams standpoint. Don't really get it. Do we know his contract's off by hand? Maybe he's getting paid too much and he's approaching that latter year of the, you know, getting too old, a little decrease in value. Let's get his contract up and figure out that. Uh, I mean, he's a good player, though. He's on the field. I feel like he's one of the better players. He's been with the Rams for a while. He's been their best defensive player, carrying that defense for a long time. Uh, it's a nice move for the Dolphins over there. They definitely need all the help they can get in a tight division with uh, Tom Brady over there. But um, let's, I need to see his contract before I really know if that's a good trade. And it definitely surprised me, though, going in blind with it. We're looking at that, too. But then you have reports, you know, that the, the Dolphins want to move on from the uh, Dominican Sioux because of this. Um, what do we got? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought Goon had one of his things up, but it was going through, uh, the, first round through the website. Though, right? So Robert Quinn last year started uh, 14 games, uh, played 15. Uh, 2016, he played uh, eight. Uh, let's see, started eight, and um, 2015 started seven. So he has missed some time. Uh, and then last year he had eight and a half sacks. Year before four. Year before that five. So. If you're iffy on a guy and you get a first-round pick, I mean, I'm all for it in the NFL today. 
Um, well, yeah, I, I thought that, you know, it, it's weird because each time I see a team making a move, I think they're trying to bolster their D, but, you know, they get Peters. Okay, well, now look at this one-two punch they have on the line in the secondary, and then they get rid of Quinn, and then, oh, well, he's going to be playing with Dominic and Sue. You know, they lost Olivier Vernon. Don't forget the Giants two summers ago, uh, but now they if they want to move back. away from Sue, that's fine. Um, I just, it's weird, but either way, uh, listen, a good move for both teams. Um, with Miami and that, that contract, Miami and that right. division, you know, they're, they're not going to compete anyway. Yeah. Let me have Vernon signed over high 10 million yeah. this year, almost 12 next year. That unrestricted free agent with a roster bonus of a million each year. And the cap hit is 11, almost 11.5 this year. And next year it's almost 13. So they just cleared about 10 to $11 million of cap hit for the next two years for all they took back was a, um, was a draft pick, and uh, that's that's another you know one of the trades that can't be made official. But then you know everybody's talking about the scouting combine, and there's so much coming out of it. And you know I actually sat there and watched a bunch of it yesterday. And Rich Eisen, and we're all Giants fans here. If any of you guys have ever watched any of our shows, you know that. Um, and Rich Eisen was gushing over not just Saquon Barkley, but he said a thousand times the Giants have no choice but to take this guy. He has to be there. He talked about Odell Beckham. He goes, he you know the guy that should be Barkley's next teammate. He could not have hammered the point home even further. Um, I'm starting to really be convinced that this is the guy for the Giants. Um, I know Mike and I were talking about it off air, and I know Vinny, it's basically as long as it's not a quarterback, you're happy, right? Yeah, I, I can't stand these quarterbacks. I mean, look, everybody's riding Josh Rhodes, and he's dropped to, like, the fourth-best quarterback on the board <laughs> now. I mean, I don't think any of these quarterbacks are ready at least the first year. But, I mean, if I'm the Browns, when you have first and four. Why are you not taking Saquon one and then taking the leftover quarterback at four? That's exactly what I think Mike and I have both said, and a lot of us are on the same page. And, and I'll start this conversation by saying this. Listen, if the Browns were smart – oh, wait, the Browns aren't smart. They're okay, not. so anything that the Browns should do, I'm quite confident they're going to end up not doing it. Um, I have not seen the headline where the Browns finally get it right. And you also have to wonder if the Browns are going to be scared off by what they did with Trent Richardson back in 2012. Um, and how much of a bust he was. Probably the biggest running back bust we've but had were able to in the last him. decade. They were able they to trade him, value for him. But, yeah, some value, but he was a top five pick. Right. I and mean, you don't and see backs go. Back go in the top five anymore. But everyone's well, that's not true. Barkley. Every year there's been one, though. Well, Fournette. Last year had a huge running back class. That's true. But, and, I mean, and, and Ezekiel Elliott the year there's, before. There's still teams. Well, that, they were in a different story because the Cowboys were hurt because of Romo. That's why they had the fourth pick. They were really a top, you know, they were a top ten team, but they got – Romo went down, so that's why they they were able to take a guy like Zeke, but they wouldn't take Zeke normally in that situation, but I mean, you're seeing backs go more, and I mean, everybody's getting the new backs, but you're still in a duo league, so Quan Barkley is definitely the guy who could do it all and be the guy and hold every down back. Yeah, and just, um, they came over in our chat yesterday, Rob, the the Barkley comparisons, 29 reps, Joe Thomas in 28, Barkley in the 10-yard split, he was a 1.54, Deshaun Jackson 1.55. The 40-yard dash, Barkley was a 4-4, uh, Hester 4-4-3. And then I do have one more of these. Um, Jumping Julio Jones. Yeah, let's see. He jumped higher than Julio Jones. Stronger than Odell. Let's see. And he beat Odell, Julio Jones, and who was it? In the, uh, and Antonio Brown in the um, in the 40 time. They showed the split screen. That's you know, pretty they, impressive. They uh, put them all in there, and they're all it's like they're running together, but they're not. And uh, he beat all of them. It That's was pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, he jumps higher than Julio. They're saying. That was the NFL uh, NFL research uh, tweet that they had, which is a great. What I was saying before, I was like, you shouldn't be taking these running backs because you could get a good guy like maybe Nick Chubb in the later rounds or something like that. But I mean, Saquon Barkley looks like he has all the tools for it, and the Giants need that impact player immediately. I know this doesn't help build the line, and you're getting them behind a terrible offensive line. 
But it looks like this is a guy you can't miss, and I just don't want to see them take a quarterback. If they don't take a quarterback, I'm happy. If not, Rob, I saw you tweet about it. Trade back and get some more picks so you can draft an offensive line. And Mike actually brought up Chubb as a possibility to go to the Colts maybe in the top five. Yeah, I think he's going to go three. I really do. I just think that uh, they don't need three a quarterback. Three overall? They don't need a quarterback, Vinny. They are going oh, to – Oh, man, no uh, way. You don't think so? No way. I he might not even it. be the second best uh, running back in this draft. I think they're definitely going to take a Who running back Who would that be, Sonny Michelle? The kid from LSU. Um, as, as, here's, the, uh, here's the exercise I wanted to go through. And you started actually to allude to it, and you didn't even realize it. Um, if you had to take a quarterback, you know, Eli Manning gets cut tomorrow and you're like, oh crap, the Giants, they're going quarterback. Who are you taking? I actually do like Josh Allen the best. And, um, I was one of those people who really, really read Carson Wentz for playing at North Dakota state. So I would, I would do the same thing with Josh uh, Allen at Wyoming, but, uh, with a small caliber school like that. But Josh Allen has a cannon of an arm and I feel like he's the best developed. The other guys, Sam Darnold, we all heard the hype about this guy. We thought he was the bona fide number one pick coming out of the draft this year. He sucked. Josh Rosen lost six games over there in the Pac-12. I don't like any of these quarterbacks. I think Baker could be good. Not for the New York Giants, though. He can't be in the same locker room as Odell. I have disaster written all over it. But, I mean, all these quarterbacks don't really impress me too much. I actually like Mason Rudolph better than half these top quarterbacks, and he's nowhere near the first-round projections. Mike, who would you take? Uh, I want Barkley there, but I do think that he's well, I'm just the talking. Browns. I'm just talking about quarterbacks because it's kind of a little exercise that I'm trying to trying to get out here. Rosen or Allen. I don't want Sam Darnold, and I agree with Vinny on the Baker Mayfield. And Goon, who are you? You're Allen. Allen. And uh, you saw the reports out there that um, out of the out of the combine yesterday that a one guy said Allen's going to be the man. You had another guy that said Baker Mayfield's the best guy here. You had Giants beat writer, or actually NFL beat writer for Newsday, Bob Glauber, who's very respected, saying that um, Josh Rosen's going to be wearing a Giants uniform next year um, because of his interviews. And then you have all the guys, you know, like that are saying, hey, Lamar Jackson could be more talented. The bottom line is if you ask 10 people, you got to have six or seven different answers for who it should be. There's not one guy out there. There's not Andrew Luck when he was coming up. There's not Peyton Manning who you have to take this guy. And that in itself is why the Giants shouldn't take one of these guys. And nobody knows. You're right. Nobody really knows. But there is one thing everybody knows, and that's this kid Barkley can play football. Uh, and he is a top talent. Um, and that's – listen, that's also what I think hurts, you know, the Giants getting him because if you're Cleveland, like I said before to Mike, um, before you got here, we were talking off air, I said – Unless there's a guy that Cleveland absolutely said, you know, he interviews great with Cleveland, he impresses the hell out of him, and they say this is our must guy, why wouldn't Cleveland just wait? If there's two guys that they say, you know what, I love this guy, but we also, we wouldn't be that bad off or different off of this, you know, player B. Um, they could take one of them at, at number four. So they, they also, they're probably petrified because they can't afford to pass up on a franchise quarterback. What if they pass on Josh Allen at one, and then um, they don't get him at four? You know, the Giants take him or whatever. And then they see how great this guy progresses. And they're like, now we missed out on Josh Allen just because they just can't find their quarterback, Deshaun Kaiser, Johnny Manziel. The list goes on with the Cleveland Browns quarterbacks. I mean, they can't afford to make a wrong mistake on the quarterback once again. I think as long as they took Barkley and they went safe there, I think that that would be their excuse then. Hey, we took, you know, and Barkley turns out good. Uh, you know, that would be their excuse there. So I've been huge on it, guys. I'm saying they should be all in for Kirk Cousins because they get Kirk Cousins, then they have the one, they can take Barkley at one, and then they have the four pick to do whatever they want with that. And they can even trade that and even build around more. And like I said, that's an aging division over there. Big Ben is on his way out. Joe Flacco is not that great. 
Um, but Kirk he, Cousins would have to want to go there. Right. I don't he see him to win, wanting supposedly. to go to, to Cleveland. I'm just saying he is the guy that they could actually build around. You're right. Does he probably want to? Go, he probably doesn't want to go to Cleveland at all. But I mean, he could be somebody that could lift the franchise. I mean, why would he want to go play for the Jets and be in the same division as Brady, even though he's old? But God knows when he's going to retire. There's a lot of options from Denver. That's a tough AFC West over there. Minnesota. I'm surprised with what they're doing with Case Keenum. I can't believe he wasn't tagged. Um, and, and then you got you brought up Denver and the Jets. You know they ran out the top six picks, and it's the Jets that are kind of be the team that's out there basically taking the leftover. They're going to basically sit on their hands, which they kind of have no choice but to do. They're not trading up with the Giants. The Giants and Jets are not making a no. draft day pick that involves top six players. Um, and, and if the Giants trade back, it's going to have to be Denver or even Tampa. Or, you know, it's not Chicago. They don't need the. They have their franchise quarterback. Yeah, you damn right so, they do. <laughs> So it's, it's going to be Tampa or Denver if the Giants are going to move down a few spots. And at that point, maybe you take the offensive lineman out of Notre Dame. And that I'd be fine with too. But, you know, a lot of people are saying that, hey, how could the Giants take Saquon? Their offensive line sucks. Well, you know, it's a, the NFL is a year-to-year league. I mean, look at some of the teams that suck and in the next year they're good because of what they build. You could take a, a second – they have the uh, second pick in the second round. So there's going to be good offensive linemen there that you can build around. There's going to be somebody that you can get in free agency. So – um, there's still a lot of time to mull over it, and it's just, you now, know, don't forget, the sexiness of a running back at the combine is going to be much more sexy than anything you see an offensive lineman do anyway. You're not going to see them breaking any 40 records. Who cares? What is an offensive lineman? You know, what does it matter? You want them to be quick necessarily, not fast. How much would it kill you if the Giants passed on these quarterbacks and Josh Rosen was like an elite quarterback in this league? How it wouldn't would kill, it wouldn't kill me. Back at this. this is a huge pick for our new GM. It wouldn't kill me because of the fact that um, – You know Barkley's the top back. Not even that. It's just the fact that, A, I believe in Eli, and, B, we spend a third-round pick on Davis Webb. So third-round picks are not – you know, unless you're the New York Islanders who just give them away for people that I have to Google and I watch a lot of hockey – um, third-round picks are big. You can get good players in the third round. And the Giants used a third-round pick on a quarterback that last year only got rave reviews in practice. Um, that's there at 6 a.m. Everybody that follows the team says that this guy's got the goods to make it. He didn't um, get the reps I like for a rookie year. He's too banged up. Well, he, he, he got him in practice. He actually had an opportunity to start this year, and uh, Geno Smith instead. We all know what happened. They all that, but that was that was a whole a whole joke in the mess and a whole different conversation. But. I know everybody that followed him and, and said what he did, this guy is going to be, you know, a very good quarterback, and he's learning from Eli, and he's already got a year under Eli. He knows, you know, he knows the Giants. He, it's going to be a different system, obviously, with the new head coach. But when you have a guy like Davis Webb that you drafted last year, I don't want to just give up on the third-round pick a year in. That, that's a waste of a third-round pick. I don't know how great he's going to be either, though. A lot, a lot of people that, that are around the organization, um, and I'm not saying people that work for them because obviously they're only going to say good things, but uh, especially a guy like Paul Dottino, so, uh, he, he's a Giants uh, beat reporter for WFAN. He really, really likes him, and uh, and, I, and I I trust Paul. I mean, they they could have gave him the, the start instead of Geno Smith, and they didn't do that because they said he wasn't ready. So He was inactive that week. He right. was inactive a lot of weeks. Exactly. His rookie so, year was pretty much a waste. He was banged up all year. He didn't really get the uh, – He had a red shirt year. That's okay. Or, I'm yeah. fine with that. He's, he's not ready either. Well, I, listen – I could be wrong. We all could be wrong. I'm not a draft expert. Trust me. I'm usually just down on West Coast quarterbacks coming out east into cold weather, windy conditions. I'm usually down. Well, on then that's what both Rosen and Donald Unless you're are. a standout guy like Andrew Luck kind of guys like at Iron College. You know, and Davis Webb wasn't a standout guy in Cal. Well, Rosen, Luck, and Allen are all West Coast quarterbacks. <clears throat> right. all, they all played out there in the West Coast. But at least in Wyoming, you're not going to have that sunny weather that you do oh, no. in Southern California. <laughs> at least he's played in conditions. Because playing in Giant Stadium – you know, with the wind and the elements, it's not easy to play quarterback in that stadium. You're not going to go out there and have Aaron Rodgers-type numbers 
for anybody playing in that stadium. It's just not made for that. It's not. It's not an easy place to throw. I'll tell you this. If they got Saquon Barkley, the one thing that you can guarantee is that they would be one of the most used teams in Madden football. <laughs> Between Barkley <laughs> and, and Odell and, you know, people in their franchises would find a way to trade for, you know, just a, a quarterback that they think is better than uh, And you don't need a good Eli offensive and, line to run the ball on Madden either. So. No. You usually don't. Yes, Mike. Some people don't run the ball ever in Madden. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike would run in Madden on like first down of the first play of the game to make you think he actually will run and not run again the rest of the game. Forty-five times and throw you, uh, throw, you throw those crossing right there, Mike. We didn't even have a Madden league this year, but I played Mike many, many times, and I knew Mike's always going to run in the first series. Yep. And Goon was always going to run with Tony Fiametta in the last series. Right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so the scouting combine, uh, keep an eye on it. Free agency. Um, you know, I guess, you know, once that starts to hit, then we'll really have a better feel for what the Giants should do, you know. You, you'll, you'll have a better feel for what these teams are going to do when you see where all the free agents sign, and it's not going to be like baseball where these guys aren't going to sign. Well, um, they're going to sign real fans, quick. They're not going to have a lot of money. No, but but if they get a guy or two for the offensive line, you, you can tell where it's going. That's I think where it better be going. I think Gentleman really wants to build up that offensive line, so I think that's going to be his focus. Uh, you know, again, no money to really spend, but – They've been linked to Norwell and, you know, through the draft. But I think he knows and realizes that's a priority. They're that probably going to cut Marshall. That's probably going to give him close to $30 million, and that's all he really got. Yep. They can't do anything else with it. Yeah, and I was a Marshall guy. It just didn't work out. Even before he got hurt, he was dropping passes. I was always excited uh, for him. Um, so we'll see, and we'll definitely keep our eyes on it. We'll talk more about it on Monday. Everything's going to develop. I'm sure somebody will have a great day at the combine today, and, and he'll be the new flavor of the day. Um, but it, it was cool to see yesterday, and, and like, uh, you know, those stats Mike broke out. With, when you have Saquon beating all these different guys in all these different ways, he looks like he's just so rounded. But, you know, there's always these, uh, you know, combine warriors where they're always so great at the combine, and, and they fool you into taking them, and they go on a field and it doesn't work. Jamarcus uh, Russell. But that's not going to be the case with, with Barkley. I mean, we've known what he is, you know, his time at Penn State. And who knows? He has a Larry Johnson connection, being a running back exactly. at Penn State. Larry Johnson, friend say, of the my, show. My friend Larry is huge on this guy, and that's all that matters. Yeah, so we'll talk about that more. Uh, real quick, uh, it has not been a good week. I have to tell you guys, I am very depressed. I am very upset. But I didn't have as bad a night as you did, Shark, in uh, North Carolina oh the God. other night. Um, <laughs> I just saw they got some college basketball on here, uh, the UNC stuff going on, and I have to just – uh, this guy's crowd serving, but uh, just real quick, um, not even real quick. We've got a couple of minutes before we get into other stuff. But uh, March Madness is here, conference tournament time. Uh, breakdown uh, this that that ending against Miami, and then there was the was the Louisville comeback the other night. Louisville beat Virginia, um, and they did it on March first. So yep. they actually rung in March Madness with some crazy you madness. Couldn't ring in March Madness any better than the one seed going down, and it's good to see Virginia finally get back to normal because this is a team that. Is they are the number one team in the country. They've lost the least amount of games. They've won, but they don't impress you because they don't put up a lot of points. They're a team, if you can get a 10-point lead against, that's a hard time for them to come back. It's just hard to get that lead because nobody D's up better than Virginia. And what about uh, your experience over there in UNC? Uh, you well, know, let me tell you something. You, you wait, you wait a long time to go there, right? It's my first time ever going down there. Who knows? might be the last. Chapel Hill was a great, great time. The game itself was insane. They were pretty much trailing the whole entire game. Joel Berry hits a clutch, clutch, clutch three with 3.5 seconds left to finally get a tie game. It looks like it's going overtime. And very, very, very much, very similar to the Villanova national title game win two years ago. The little running three, walk-off at the buzzer. Absolutely heart 
freaking ripped my heart right out of me. But, guys, it was a great experience down there. It was a lot of fun. The fans are awesome down there. They're very, very loyal. They bleed the baby blue down there. It's a lot of in-state uh, take-in over there at the uh, campus. So, they're a diehard North Carolina, Carolina Inns, I guess you could call them. And um, it was really cool being down there. I missed the museum by a couple minutes, but Chapel Hill, great campus. And uh, it was cool to see the banners, especially last year, hanging up there. And you were asked for an autograph, huh? Yeah, somebody thought I was Tyler Hansbrough. <laughs> uh, I was like, why would I be wearing the jersey? But he was actually convinced I was Tyler Hansbrough. Why like, didn't oh, you no. play it off? That's like your thing. I just laughed too hard. And then he realized, wait, hey, that's not Tyler Hansbrough. I'm not that goofy, I hope. But I know I was, I was probably a little goofy for him. I, I should have signed it for the guy. Why would Tyler Hansborough be walking around with his Tyler Hansborough jersey in Chapel Hill? You should have written 646-716-5403 each <laughs> autograph. Maybe he would have called him to the show. He's the stupid idiot of the week. That's the deal. Well, we could have had it. We could have had him on the show. Hey, you're live with Tyler Hansborough. What do you want to ask Believe him? Believe me, if I was the real uh, all-time leading scorer in North Carolina history, there'd be a lot more people running up to me for my autograph than just that one pool. Well, it was funny when I read that. I said, I, you, you told, you said it happened, but you didn't say the reaction. Because the first thing I said was, well, I hope he signed it. They make that little kid there, that, that stupid idiot of the week say. Um, anything to look forward to this week? You know, we're starting to get into conference tournament time. All right. There's actually a conference tournament going on right now. The Big Ten. The Big Ten going yeah. on. They did it a week early so they can play at MSG. Pretty interesting. Next week is the ACC tournament, which is at the Barclays Center. You could definitely catch me at one of those games. Yeah, well, I'm sure that somebody will win because nobody really does win at Barclays uh, Center. Well, it's not your Islanders, that's for sure. But there will be ACC games where they're guaranteed winners. I also have four plays for you in the college surface for all my betters out there. Uh, Kansas is really looking like a strong team. They've been playing great ball. They had an amazing February. They're in Oklahoma State today. They're giving three and a half. I'm going to buy the half point. I'm going to make that an even three. I like Kansas to win. Devontae Graham is big time, and they need a bucket. This guy shows up for them. like Kansas a lot. Villanova is giving 18 and a half to Patrick Ewing's Hoyos in Georgetown. I think that's a lot of points, especially Georgetown's trying to fight for the tournament. The tournament. A win against Nova would probably get them in. You'd have to say that would be a huge win for them. I expect them to hang in there in this game and cover 18 and a half points. Kansas State is at home against Baylor. K-State is one of the best home teams in the country. I like them to get the job done in a low spread against Baylor. They're both fighting for it pretty bad, but uh, they both need this win. Kansas State minus one and a half. I like them to get the win at home. And then the big game tonight. The Tar Heels versus the Duke Blue Devils. UNC getting seven points after a tough loss. Duke also lost their last game against the Tech, so both these guys coming up eight losses. I gotta go with North Carolina. Big game last game of the regular season. UNC plus seven. Lock it up. Vinny betting with his heart, as always. As always. <laughs> but um, yeah. So next week, you know the craziness. So and we're about. Well, uh, eight days away from the brackets coming Selection out. Selection Sunday is a week from tomorrow, baby. It's one of my most exciting days of the year. I love yeah, it. one of the most bet out. And then all the betting and funness begins. Oh, the yeah. Fun then, begins. then the fun begins that week. Oh, my God, I love it. The madness is here, baby. You know what hasn't been fun? The Islanders and the Rangers. And the Rangers all of a sudden with Spooner and the Mestikoff and all these kids playing. And then you got the old guy veteran, uh, Hank, making uh, 50 saves last night. They're now about to catch the Islanders in the standings and give us a better draft pick next year. Thank you very much, because the Islanders can't win for their life. Yeah, the Ryan Spooner, uh, Rick Nash trade looks like a steal right now for the Rangers. He's played awesome. He's younger. He's making less money. Uh, they got the prospect with it, the pick with it. And that's not to say that Nash hasn't played good for Boston, because he has. He's actually uh, scored a couple goals. He's got, uh, I think it was 14 shots in the three games that he's been there. He saved a goal that was right on the line about to go in. He's played awesome for them. He's picked up where Bergeron got hurt. He's given them a little boost on offense. But Ryan Spooner has come in uh, for the Rangers organization and been awesome. And uh, he looks like he's somebody that they're going to be able to keep around, build around for next season. 
Domestikov looked great in his first game. His first shift, he had an assist. Ended up having a breakaway goal. Uh, and then you said it, Lundqvist uh, almost seems rejuvenated. Um, he's facing a ton of shots. The defense is still uh, offensive-oriented and not a defensive team. And uh, he has stood on his head the last two games. So, uh, listen, it's exciting. You almost hope they lose for the better draft pick, but it is what it is. And they won a couple games in a row. Has Georgiev gotten a win yet? Because he's going to be in that tonight against the Oilers. Has no. he gotten his first career win yet? No, he had We saw him play in Montreal and, last, um, and he played the next night. And lost that one, too. And then he lost 4-1, to one, right? So, yes. But he played really well in Montreal when we went. So I, uh, he's out there tonight in Edmonton against a team that I just we haven't gotten all year. Um, they're not making the playoffs either. They've lost a couple games. They're uh, under what happened to the Haas Nest monster last night? Well, I don't know, man. The Islanders have just been so bad. It's almost like they've given up. And I'm going to throw a lot of blame on John Tavares. This guy's been a ghost for a month, an absolute ghost. <laughs> he's been terrible. Um, he, he has he been must out, not be happy. Or he's not got a nagging injury. I don't think that you're not trying. He's not that kind of guy. I mean, he wants to win the cup. Don't you he wish wants you to make the him? playoffs. No, I don't wish we <laughs> traded him. I think we did the right thing. Uh, I think we're still doing. There's a fight in soccer here. That's crazy. Um, oh yeah, really hardcore yeah, going on. They there. touch each other, and each of them has uh, six weeks on the disabled list. But uh, now Tavares has been non-existent. He only has one point, even strength. Now in the past, I think seventeen games. Yeah, but who was he playing with last night? It doesn't Fritz? matter. He who played. Was he oh, so one game. I mean, first of all, Fritz scored last night. He did. Second of all, yeah, second of all, the final score six three. <laughs> but that uh, he, I know you're going to say whatever you want to say. You're going to rip the Islanders, but. Listen, he was playing with Bailey and, and Lee, which was people halfway through the season were saying is one of the top three lines in the NHL. He played with them the last 16 games, so they changed it up because it hasn't been working. And guess what? Bailey found a way to score last night. Fritz found a way to score. I'm just saying that but Tavares has done around, nothing. I wouldn't be putting him with a guy named Fritz. I would be, John, who do you want to play with? All right, John, that's who you're with. I mean, the rest of this. Mitch Fritz. No, Mitch Fritz was a lot worse than Tanner Fritz. <laughs> Um, but you know what? How about scoring a damn goal, John? How about doing something? Because you know what? I'll say this. If all the fans want to know what life is going to look like without John Tavares, you've seen it for the last month, and now we're going to be in last place because he's sucked. He's been terrible. He's doing nothing. And you know what? They're getting nothing from him now. They're going to get the same from him next year if he's gone, this and they're going to lose. This is the turn on them, Vinny. This is the Islander fans turning on Tavares. <laughs> and when he leaves, they can say, you know what? He really wasn't that good last no, year. No, no. I want to see I'm his jersey turn. I can't wait for my purchase jersey of him <laughs> anywhere other than the Islanders. This is the turn. Well, now, he's, um, been, he's been terrible to answer your question, but now the Rangers are going to pass them. They are. The Islanders are going to lose today in Pittsburgh. Crazy. The Rangers sell and they're going to pass the Islanders? Listen, that's why the Islanders, when we, I'm not going to get into 35 minutes of it again. I mean, the Shark will pull his, pull his uh, fin out. But, uh, <laughs> listen, you, you, you can't not sell and not buy and just stick yourself in the middle and, you know, with the escalator going nowhere, with, with the car in neutral. And that's what they did, and now they're going to pay for it because they're going to have a lottery pick, but they're going to have no extra assets, which they need to have. But also, let me give you the bonus pick. And I know it's easy to pick them to lose, so you got to throw it with something, and you got to bet it in regulation. But the Islanders have less than zero chance to win today. They're going to be probably minus 250. But they got today. They played at home last night, oh. and they had to travel to Pittsburgh. Back to back. And the game's at 5 o'clock. Oh, that's so a have, lot. It's the big – and obviously you're not going to get any or good odds on it. Or at Penguin team total over. Right, right. And the Islanders are um, starting a goalie that hasn't played an NHL game all, in two years. Oh, wow. So his first start in two years is against Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> Who lost 8-4 to four, two nights ago and were embarrassed. All right, there you go. Forget about those college basketball picks. Just put all your money on the Pittsburgh <laughs> or, Penguins. Or just put every <laughs> single one of them with the Penguins because it's – 
it, you can't get good value on Any it. Any parlay you do today involves the Penguins money line. That's a fact. And then also bet them in regulation. Bet them team total. Bet puck them line. every puck <laughs> line, every single way you can bet them. It is – I'm listen, obviously they're going to win the game, so you got to – they're winning the game. There's no upsets with Christopher Gibson against the angry Sidney Crosby. Something us three have been waiting for, guys. The the Jersey Devils just hanging in that wild card spot. Are they going to make the playoffs this year? Yeah, they're going to get in. They're they're looking pretty good now. I thought they were going to be the team that fell out the way the Islanders. I think everybody did. I think even Devil fans thought that. I thought that they were going to fall out the way the Islanders have fallen. The Rangers, uh, I I still don't know how much I buy their fall. It was kind of so many circumstances: the Shattenkirk injury, the poor defense, and then they just traded everybody. They had problems with Vigneault. But the Islanders, uh, they fell because they started to suck. I thought the Devils were going to do that. But last week, the Devils, without Corey Schneider, their goal, had a great month and got them to where they have a nice little cushion. And now they have a five-point cushion for a playoff spot. They've lost two in a row, but they've got 17 games to go. Um, I think they're going to make the playoffs. And I think the Florida Panthers are going to jump Columbus and Carolina, and they still have games in hand on everybody, and they're going to get the second wild card. I don't want to see Carolina in there. They don't do it for me. You don't want to see Florida because if a team beats Florida, you give them no credit because it's Florida. True. Florida might be worse. I'd rather see Carolina than Florida. Florida, uh, that's nothing. Well, the other team out there is Columbus, and Columbus has no reason not to make the playoffs. They have a stacked team. I thought they were going to be good. And uh, Tortorella is – tor- No, they lost. They oh, lost wow. – uh, they, they had, had a, a prime opportunity. They had a 2 nothing lead two nights ago against L.A. on the road and lost 5-2. And then last night they lost to the Ducks. So this team is really uh, shooting themselves in the foot. But their team I thought was going to be really, you know, really be a playoff contender. So, um, listen, the Capitals and the Penguins, you knew they would be there. But you thought the Rangers and the Blue Jackets, the Islanders, would be one of the other teams making the playoffs. And none of those three teams are going to make it right now. So just – Craziness in the NHL at 10:59 and over the top sports radio. Uh, 10, uh, 11:30 and half an hour. We have uh, the beat writer for the Angels for uh, Orange County, uh, Jeff Fletcher. He's gonna be joining us talking about the Anaheim Angels and looking forward uh, to the AL West uh, in our baseball preview, which we're gonna have to get started in a minute anyway. Um, we'll go through all the teams. We'll go through the divisions. We'll go through some bets. Maybe you have some odds on these teams. all the odds. You need so we're going to go through all the odds. We're going to give our picks. We're going to give our breakdown. And then we're going to talk to Jeff Fletcher at 1130. And he's going to give us his breakdown. We're going to talk Otani with him. We're going to talk about trout and a lot of other things. So, uh, make sure to tune in for that in the next half hour. But if you guys wanted to join us between now and then give us a call at 646-716-5403. That's 646-716-5403. We're also on Facebook live. Any questions, any comments, let us know. As well. So now listen, uh, AL West, they have the World Series champions, and they have the best player in baseball and the most interesting player in baseball. So why do we start with that? That's exactly the reason why. So here we are, AL West, first division preview. We got the end of the month, the baseball season starting. We're going to give you a different division every single show until we've hit all the divisions. And we're starting with them right here. And uh, first, if you can give me the odds for these teams. Um, so we can react to those. And then, uh, All right, you want the we'll World Series down. odds? Give us the World Series odds. With the division odds, I'm sure that they're probably crazy in yeah, favor we'll, of Houston. But yeah, win totals, too. We'll do that a little later. We can do our over-unders. All right, World Series odds is the Houston Astros on top, of course, plus 600 as the favorites. They are in a three-way tie with the Yankees and the Dodgers as the best favorites to win the World Series this year. The Angels are plus 2,500, 25-1. Mariners at plus 5,000. That's 50-1. to 1. The Texas Rangers plus 20,000. And the Athletics also plus 20,000. On the uh, West Division, the Astros are minus 110. The Angels are plus 190. Mariners plus 700. Rangers plus 800. And the Athletics plus 2,500. I don't get why there's a huge gap between the Rangers and A's in the division there. And they have the same World Series odds. But that's what it is. 
All right. So, Mike, um, I think that we're all going to have the same division winner. So, really quick, we'll talk about the Astros. Uh, why the Astros going to stay on top um, is the one thing that they have to be worried about is the World Series hangover that they finally made it. Yeah, this lineup is just uh, – it's too good. Even Carlos Beltran retired, it's still so deep. Springer's leading off. Bregman, Altuve, Correa, Redick, uh, Marwin Gonzalez, Brian McCann, Tyler White, and Evan Gaddis. They have two young prospects in the farm. You have Fisher and Tucker. Tucker probably won't be up this year. Fisher is intriguing because he could be. With the Gurriel uh, recent injury in spring, the uh, surgery on the hammock bone, there's a very good chance you could see him in left field. He's a, uh, he's a power guy, a speed guy, intriguing, just a name to keep an eye on. As far as the rotation goals, uh, uh, it's even better. You have Keuchel, Verlander, Cole, McCullers, and Morton. And then if you really wanted to, you have Brad Peacock. If Morton were to fall through or McCullers gets hurt, whatever. Um, you added a guy like Cole to this rotation. This, to me, is the team to beat. Uh, even in the AL entirely, this is the team to beat. I think Alex Bregman takes the next step. Um, as far as prospects go, um, I do have the one guy I really just keep an eye on is, uh, let's see, Forrest Whitley. He's suspended. Uh, he is their top pitching prospect. He was just suspended maybe about two weeks ago now, 50 games for, they haven't said what it is yet. Uh, he will be up. Once the suspension's over, he regains the arm strength. He will be up uh, come September, probably before then, and he will make an impact somehow for this team. If Justin Brenler is going to pitch the way he pitched the Houston Astros last year, they are going to run away with this division. It's not going to be close. I, obviously, I have the Astros winning this division, hands down. At minus 110, I think that's stealing. I know usually a future bet, you don't want to pay a big on top of it. But, I mean, who's beating the Astros here? The Angels, we're going to get into them in a little bit. Uh, and then no one's doing it here. And, I mean, the Astros are just stacked. They have a great lineup, like you just said. Their rotation stacked. Getting Charlie Morton on this team after winning the World Series without him, that's huge for this team, absolutely. And Peacock might not even make the rotation. That guy's a good starting pitcher, too. Yeah, this team was probably, you know, the best team that um, – the, the, they they were the best team that you could hope for, for a team that literally built from scratch, using young prospects and doing it the right way, building it from the ground up. And, obviously, um, they gave Houston their championship last year. Uh, they're going to be right there at the end. I think it's a three-team – uh, race as far as the uh, AL, maybe a fourth team. I'm not so sure. We'll get to Cleveland um, in the you know in the in the coming weeks, but I don't know how much I love Cleveland. I like them in the division, but not necessarily to compete for the AL pennant. Um, but yeah, it's Boston, it's the Yankees, and it's Houston. And Houston, they won last year. They've got it, and they're still young, so they're still going to be hungry. Uh, Correa is not going to be complacent. None of these guys are going to be complacent. Um, they're just such a good team. I'm very fond of them. And I hope that one of these days that the Braves, who have such a great farm system now as a Braves fan, that they can turn it into what Houston did. Um, just a good team. And the one underrated thing about them is last year they won 53 games on the road. That's very hard for a team like that. And that is one of the reasons that they're the best team in baseball. So we all have them finishing at first. Correa can only get better, right? He's still, I mean, he's, he's still, still like young. He's right? in his young, early 20s, though. I mean, though. yeah. I mean, still, and, Springer, and Springer's still young. And you saw what Springer could do in the World Series last year. I mean, the pitching is fun to look at, too. But that is just a, a fun lineup as well. And, and they're not gonna miss. Uh, they're not gonna miss Carlos Beltran. They added two arms to the bullpen too. Joe Smith, proven right-hander, very tough on righties, who I like. And Hector Rondon from the Cubs, who uh, he closed for the Cubs for a couple of years there. Uh, if he regains his confidence and uh, you know that fastball, that's two pretty good arms they added to the bullpen also. And you know what? They with Keiko's injuries of late, or maybe even Verlander, he's getting older. I was just saying how Peacock could start. He's he's him or McHugh. I don't know who's gonna get the fifth spot. 
whoever goes down, they got that, those guys right in to yeah. fill in. So they're going to be fine with uh, if any of their starters go down. And I agree with you. I think they are locked for the division. I, I know you said you don't like to pay uh, in the negatives for a future bet. This, to me, is – I don't see any team coming close to them. I, I really don't. There's, there's nothing. There's no way any of these teams are going to beat the Astros. They are stacked. Now, the Angels, and we're going to talk, like we said, more with uh, one of their uh, beat writers uh, in a couple of minutes. Um, but the Angels last year took a step forward. You know that Mike Trout has played zero playoff games in his career? That's right. He's never, ever made the playoffs, not even a wild card playing, uh, which is a shame because he's been the best player uh, one of the best starts to a career that we've seen in our lifetime uh, and even up there in MLB history. Um, they almost reached 500 last year. They missed the uh, wild card by a few games um, behind Minnesota by five games. But is this the year that they can make you know, the next step and be one of those wild card teams, Mike? Uh, so we'll look at the, the lineup real quick. Uh, Kinsler, newly acquired Trout, Justin Upton, who stayed there. Pujols, Cole Calhoun, who had a, a down year for him uh, last year. Anderson Simmons, your boy, Rob. Zach Cozart, the other guy that they brought in, who uh, the contract is a steal. Luis Valbuena had a nice year there. And uh, Martin Maldonado, the catcher, the rotation. This is where I have the question mark, guys, because that offense is going to put up runs. Otani, Richards, J.C. Ramirez, who they're expecting big things from. Uh, Jeff Fletcher actually just wrote an article about him. We'll ask him about that. Matt Shoemaker, Tyler Skaggs, Parker Bridwell, who, uh, Rob, we were streaming at one point in fantasy. Uh, He actually pitched pretty well. He's projected as six. Andrew Heaney, uh, I believe he came over from Miami a few seasons ago now. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. So they had last year they had one guy pitch over 150 innings. That was Ricky Nolasco. Uh, he's and I not, think he was, what, 6-14? Right. He's not even there anymore. And just these rotation, uh, these projections right here, they don't have one pitcher projected over 150 innings. So to me, that's the giant question mark is pitching because this offense is going to score runs. They are definitely in the wild card hunt. But, I mean, you have to assume one of the wild card spots are coming out of the AL East as either Boston or the Yankees. You'd have to assume that. And that rotation, they're expanding the six men. That's a very question um, suspect rotation to begin with. And now they're going to expand it with more suspectness, you know. That's just question marks all over the board. You really – the Otani stuff was pretty filthy, I must say, Mike. And you are, have been covering this guy like crazy on the show. Um, he has some crazy stuff. But, I mean, he's still got to play a full year before we actually see what he has. You know, like Darvish has great stuff too, but he gets rocked every now and then. Same with Tanaka. Uh, this rotation is not good, and there's a lot of pitches in there who get hurt. Uh, Shoemaker, Richards, uh, Heaney, those guys have been hurt consistently throughout their careers. I don't know if Otani is going to take them to the next level. The six-man rotation, you're only expanding big question marks. I don't like that at all. But their lineup's pretty nice, and of course, I'm pulling for Mike Trout. I like to see him get in the playoffs, Rob. And they only gave up 709 runs last year, which is only nine more runs than uh, Houston did in the same division. Houston scored 100 and, uh, 186 more runs than them, so it was the big difference between the two teams. They took off when they got Upton. Yeah, well, it was the, those yeah. two teams were, um, you know, the difference was how many runs the offense can put on the board, which is crazy when you think about the firepower that the Angels have. But also, we haven't talked about their closer situation yet. They had one of the worst closer situations in baseball last year. You had to use Cam Bedrosian for a while to close games. Bud Norris. Um, Bud Norris, you know. Now the Cardinals. Yep. Right. What a steal so, for them. So, you know, the closer situation is something that's going to be a big question mark until they have a legit younger guy because they've been going back and forth with guys the last few years. Bedrosian is very good. He's very talented. He's very good. He just uh, battled injuries. But this is somebody last year at fantasy time, uh, the draft time, you were looking at him as a sleeper. He had very good stuff. It's just whether he could stay healthy or not. Uh, they do need another arm in that bullpen regardless. I agree with you, Rob. As far as the offense goes, you have to like the Kinsler move. You have to like the Cozart move. And, uh, you know, we're not talking Yankees order, one through six, one through seven here. 
But this is a very good one through seven. Is this the number two team in the AL West, guys? Or is one of the teams we're about to talk about, Seattle, Texas, maybe not Oakland, I don't think. But any of them are going to be able to finish ahead of them? This is my two, just because of how bad the Mariners' rotation is. Yeah, I got to go with them as well. I can't see any team from the East or the Central. I, I've been saying all along I despise the Central. But I'll tell you what, the Twins might actually be a sleeper team too this year. Well, the Twins were a sleeper team last year. And then they won 85 games, got that wild card playoff game. Um Against the Yankees, of course, a team that they're never going to beat in a big game ever in the history. They, they had a three-run lead in the first inning, and before you could sneeze, they were down D-D. after the Didi homer and uh, and then about Judge Homer and, and it unraveled for Urban Santana. Up, Urban yeah. Santana against uh, who was it Luis Severino and Urban Santana yep. in that game. Both um, knocked out early. Yeah, take the over. But um, so the other teams uh, here: Seattle, Texas, Oakland. I guess we'll just start with Seattle because uh, them and Texas both had 78 wins last season, finishing a tie for third place. In the AL West, uh, Seattle, I am so sick. Of, I said this last year. I'm so sick of everybody always thinking that they're going to take this next step and be good. Um, Robbie Cano made a good business decision a couple of years ago, but he'll never, ever in Seattle see a World Series again. And I hope he doesn't, and I hope he enjoys the rain over there. <laughs> so uh, what do you guys think of uh, the Mariners going forward in uh, 2018? So they added uh, D. Gordon, uh, was their big, big pickup. He's going to play center field for them, uh, which will give you shortstop and outfield eligibility in fantasy for a guy that's going to steal 50 bases. Uh, Gene Segarra batting second. Robinson Cano, who you just mentioned. Nelly Cruz, who just doesn't age and seems to get better, actually. Uh, Kyle Seeger, who consistent at third base, Mitch Hanniger injured, but uh, this is somebody that could be a, a useful outfielder for you. Mike Sununo, who has really never lived up to that top catcher uh, hype, but again, you know, uh, solid. Ben Gamble, and then uh, Ryan Healy at first base, who was the other guy they added from Oakland, who has decent power, probably like a 20 home run, 75 RBI guy. As far as the rotation goes, it's disgusting, and not in a good way. It's Felix Hernandez. Um, you just don't know what you're going to get from this guy with injuries. He's already been hurt. He got the uh, line drive off the forearm. James Paxton, who I love uh, in fantasy and in real life, but again, a lefty that just can't stay healthy. His fastball touches 100 with ease. Mike Leak, uh, brought over from the Reds, he's unproven. Uh, you know, this is just somebody that he goes out there, and he's nothing special. He's not very good either. Arasimo Ramirez, who really doesn't excite anyone. Marco Gonzalez and Ariel Miranda is projected as their sixth guy right now. This rotation, I don't understand why they wouldn't go after a Lance Lynn, a Cobb, or a Jake Arrieta, because then possibly, Rob, we could be talking about a wild card team. I like that lineup a lot. That's a fun lineup in there. you got some really good hitters and some good production. I like the D. Gordon move. We'll see how he does in the outfield over there. But the, their rotation is definitely, definitely something to be concerned about. Uh, they're going to go as far as Felix Hernandez gets them. I actually think Paxton's going to have a huge year, Mike. I don't know uh, your faith in him, but like you said, he's got good stuff. I think he is an ace caliber if he can stay healthy. I think he could be that guy. I'm actually keeping an eye out for him in fantasy baseball. But uh, Felix Hernandez, it all comes down to how this guy's going to do. I think Mike Leak's a solid pitcher. I'd rather him more as a four or five than a three. But um, good lineup over there. I'm not sure how their uh, bullpen is over there in Seattle, but I'm sure it's not all that great. I think it all comes down to how far Felix Hernandez can uh, contribute for this team. And Edwin Diaz was their closer last year. 34 saves, five blown saves. He had a 327 ERA over there in Seattle last last year. Uh, you know, he's 23 years old, so it's not like this is a guy that's not still going to get better and still maybe uh, grow into that closer role, closer role even better. Uh, but he's got good stuff. A 23-year-old that saved 34 games He's a top five year. closer, Rob. And he's got, fi- he's got 52 saves already by yep. the time he hits 23. Strikes out um, a ton. His birthday is in uh, 19 days, so he'll be 24 when the season starts. But uh, young arm, good stuff. Uh, he could be the guy 
uh, as long as he can mentally, you know, do it, which is the biggest thing for these closers because a lot of them have great stuff. That's how they get there. Um, I don't think that they're going to finish ahead of Texas. I've, there's just been something about the Seattle team that they never take this next step. Um, and they've been doing it since they were great back when they had Johnson and all these guys back when they had 114 wins and they choked. It's just one of those cities that until I see it happen, I'm not going to agree. I'm not going to believe in it. So um, I'm not a big fan of this team. I, I like their offense a little bit. I think their <coughs> pitching is too suspect. We talked about it on the show the other day. Felix Hernandez was one of the great pitchers that I've seen. Uh, most electric pitchers. We know how the ballpark gets. Um, he seemed to hit the other side of it and it's been a big fall from grace. And now he can't catch a break. Now he's getting line drives off of yeah. his arm. And it just seems like it's not going to happen for that pitching rotation. Mike hit it on the head. If they, you know, they're one of those teams that why not sign one or two of those guys and give yourselves a legit chance to win. 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 You know, Cobb, if you have Cobb at the top of that rotation and everybody goes down with him a little bit and you got him and Paxton hit well, well, now you got those two as a one-two. And, afford them, and Felix could be a little bit over 500. Then now you got a chance to win, but no teams don't want to win. They want to save money, and they're you know they're I, one of those teams that could use a pitcher. It's an absolute ideal spot. But look at the contracts on this team. You got Nelly Cruz, you got Robbie Cano, the big one over there. Felix Hernandez, even Kyle Seager's got a big contract over there. They can't afford one. Of these well, pitchers. doesn't that make it as more frustrating that they're spending all this money and they're still not able to win with it? They're not able to go to the next step. They're spending the money anyway. It's not like they're Tampa Bay or, or Miami where, well, they're not going to win. They're not spending. I mean, how could they win? I mean, now they're spending the money, but it's like they're almost all in, but they're not really all in. Yeah, it. but then you look at a trade also. Like, they brought in D. Gordon. I don't know what – I think his contract is rather reasonable, but that's still, uh, you know, $50 million over how many years. Right, so why are, you all, pitcher, well, or, why are you all in on your lineup and not your rotation? I agree with you. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And uh, you, you, have, you brought in Ryan Healy who could play a little bit of third base for you. You have Kyle Seager there, so – uh, move one of them. You know, uh, it's just um, it's poor management. It's, as much as I like Gordon over there, they should have gotten an infielder converted outfielder, and they should have went after Lynn or Kyle right. or something. There's definitely if they had one more pitcher here, maybe they make the next step. Especially like I said, a lot of question marks around Felix. So I mean, they they need backup pitching as well as starting pitching. Yeah. So um, I I don't think I have them finishing third. Do you guys have them finishing both finishing above Texas and Oakland? Yes. No, I have Texas above them. All right, why? Let's go to Texas. Why do you like about uh, Texas? I think their rotation is not as bad as they get credit for. I know it's a tough place to, to pitch. We've been there. We've seen uh, balls fly out of that park like crazy. Uh, Cole Hamels, Martin Perez, Doug Fister, Matt Moore, Mike Miner. That's not a bad rotation over there. And obviously they have a great lineup. They do every single year. Adrian Beltre is ageless. Uh, I think they're just a better team than Seattle, and they have more consistency in their lineup and their rotation. And they got 10 limbs to come now. Uh, I am so down on this team. This is going to be one of my disappointments. Uh since Shu Chu, I think he's, you know, towards the end. Elvis Andrews had a very good year last year. I can't see him repeating to that caliber. Nomar Mazzara hasn't taken that next step as the prospect. Beldre is ageless, Vinny, but he's battled injuries. Joey Gallo uh, might hit 50 home runs, but he's going to bat 200. Uh, Odor took a huge step backwards yeah, last yeah. year. Uh, Robinson Chirunos, the catcher, not worth talking about. Um, then you have the two guys, uh, Willie Calhoun and Delano the Shields. Let me just mention Willie Calhoun. This will be the top prospect in the division. He will, uh, he will finish higher and better than Shoei Otani. This kid has power where he could hit 25 home runs this season. He will project as an outfielder or a second base. He should be drafted in every league. Keep an eye on him. That's some high praise right there. It is. I am all over uh, Willie Calhoun. As far as the rotation, I think it sucks. I hate it. Cole, Calhoun, uh, Cole Hamels. Uh, you never know what you're going to get from this guy. Four ERA, possibly. That's what he's projected. Mike Miner, who I do like, Vinny. I agree with you. If he's able to stay healthy, fine. 
Matt Moore is another guy. You don't know what to expect. Doug Fister uh, shouldn't even be talked about. He's not relevant. Uh, Martin Perez is hurt. Jesse Chavez comes over from Oakland. He's been starter, reliever, starter, reliever. doesn't matter. They are talking about even using Tim Lincecum as the closer on this team. Yeah, that's crazy. That was mentioned this week. And the bullpen isn't even that bad. Matt Bush is there, who I've ranted about before, but talent-wise, he's not bad. Alexander Claudio ended up as the closer towards the end of last season. He's a lefty. He can't be the closer anymore. More of a, a soft-tossing lefty, specialist lefty. Uh, Keon Keeler, I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but you know who I'm talking about. Uh, he really could be the closer there. He's very good. So I don't get the Lincecum signing. Uh, Martolo Colon is there for some reason. Oh, um, it's just a mess. It looks like a mosh of players. This team will finish 500 or less. Well, they were, you know, in pretty good position last year for a long time. And then they really fell apart at the second half, uh, not the second half of the season, but the last month to five weeks of the season. Don't forget when we went there and we went there in September, they were fighting for a wild card spot. They were neck and neck with some teams. Uh, they had a terrible end to the season, ended up with 78 wins, um, I, I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe it just all caught up with them. Um, I, I just, I, I just, it's more of an anti-Seattle pick that that I, I'm just waiting for Seattle to kind of bottom out. I, I just, I don't like the way that they manage their roster. I, I just think it's too top-heavy with the lineup. And then when you go to Texas, um, we'll see. I, I'm a big Cole Hamels fan. Is he a guy that can be traded this year? Can anybody take on his salary, or is nobody going to take on his salary because nobody's signing players that are pretty damn good? But they they would command less money. Yeah, I don't know if they're able to trade them. They're building a new stadium there too, guys. We saw it in the works. You would almost think, Rob, like they would want to have like that Braves mindset of we have to bring some talent in here, even if it's aging, just to attract to the ballpark. Their two big moves this offseason were Matt Moore and Doug Fister. I mean, Doug Fister. Let me tell you something about Doug Fister. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be a great underdog play when he plays the New York Yankees because for some reason the Bronx Bombers turn into bummers when they play against him. He just owns them. I don't get why. He throws 85. I don't know, but start Doug Fister against the Yankees this year. Uh, I think the trade deadline is going to be a lot more fun than this offseason was, though. Uh, going back to your Cole Hamels thing. If they're out of it, they could trade him. I think people are going to be in the market with the see their team. And they didn't, you know, do anything this offseason to help get better, actually performs well. You know, and maybe a team like Milwaukee or something is going to make another move. I think teams will be hungry at the deadline, and even Machado might go at the deadline as well. I just want to mention, too, uh, when we talked Seattle, I didn't mention who they brought in and lost. They brought in Juan Nicasio, who, uh, from Pittsburgh, he had a pretty good year last year as a setup guy. Uh, Ryan Healy, we mentioned. D. Gordon, we mentioned. As far as loss, they lost Drew Smiley, who just never lived up to the hype. When he was healthy, he was pretty good, actually. He's becoming quite a journeyman. Yes, he is. Uh, you're right. Um, Yonder Alonso, they lost. And then Jared Dyson, they also lost. So, um, mixed pieces. I do like Juan Nicasio a lot as a setup guy there. And just keep an eye on. I don't know if he'll still have it. Last year in with him every day in Vinny's league because he had starting pitcher eligibility. Uh, guys like that are very sneaky in leagues. And I was talking about the end of Texas's season. They were 71 and 69 when we went there in September. They beat the Yankees the night we went. Um, they were over 500. They swept the Mariners in Seattle and then lost the next eight games in a row uh, to fall out of the wild card hunt. And then they were looking at it now. They got by Oakland and then the Astros. You can't get so the Astros. Oakland you can understand. The and then they lost another oh, game to Oakland there too. Look at that Houston series. 11-2, Oh my God! I mean, the wheels really <laughs> fell off right there. And that was a Cole Hamels was one of those starts. So they were there. You know, they were there almost till the end, and they completely fell apart in September. Um, as did Seattle because Seattle was up there with them. They ended up with the same records. Uh, either way, neither of them is going to make the playoffs. 
Uh, I don't think they're finishing ahead of the Angels, and like Vinny said, one of the wild cards is coming out of the AL East, right? So I there's going to be all agree on that. so there's only going to be one spot. Uh, these teams are just kind of playing, uh, you know, probably for your over unders because none of them are going to make a noise. And one team that's not going to make any noise at all is the Oakland Athletics, just a joke of an organization. Um, but at least, you know, at least Billy Bean was good enough to make them relevant, right? Let's see, he has a movie. Yeah, he has a movie because he made them relevant. Not because they ever won a damn thing, because we know that didn't happen. But at <laughs> least he made them relevant before giving away all their good players to the Yankees. So uh, they're going to be in the bottom division, I would think. You guys, I'm sure, agree, right? Yeah, they're in the cellar for sure. Uh, I think they're competing with Texas for the cellar. I That's how low I am on Texas. I agree with you, Mike. Um, Marcus Simeon leading off. Uh, he's actually pretty um, usable in fantasy. Let's put it like that as your middle utility guy. Matt Joyce, Jed Lowry, he's a trade candidate every year. Uh, Chris Davis, who very underrated player uh, in real life and in fantasy. He continues to hit home runs. And then here's another guy uh, to keep your name, uh, another name to keep your eye on, rather. Matt Olson, uh, he came up towards the end of last year and put on a power clinic. We tweeted about him uh, a couple days ago. The power's legit, guys. He's going to hit 30 home runs. Easy. 30 home runs, um, close to 95 RBIs, low average, but first baseman. Then uh, Stephen Piscotty, who they brought in from the Cardinals. So not a bad 4-5-6. And then it goes down uh, hill. I'm not going to mention the other. Boog Powell is projected to start. <laughs> Matt Chapman, who's injured. And the catcher, who doesn't stand up for the flag, Bruce Maxwell, um, he is projected to be the starting catcher. The rotation, you have Kendall Graveman, Sean Manaya, who I actually like. He just can't stay healthy, but very talented. Jarrell Cotton, also very talented, just seems to battle injuries and hasn't been able to tra- transition from the minors to majors. Uh, Andrew Triggs, Daniel Megnan, um, he's another guy uh, hasn't lived up to that hype, taking that next step, Rob. And then uh, the ever-traveled Yasmiro Petit, uh, who's been on every team in the NL West, uh, he's now in Oakland. Um, and, and, uh, the thing with Oakland is last year, listen, they won 75 games. I thought last year they overachieved to get to 75 wins. Um, Vinny, anything on there that you're looking forward to seeing from them? I mean, I, I feel like anybody that is any good there, they're just going to get rid of anyway. They're not going to sign them. There's not going to, I mean, what would you say, uh, was going to, was it Carter? They're a minor league Matt team Olsen, playing. Matt Olsen's been the first baseman to keep an eye on. Right, sure. so when he gets 30 home runs and he ends up playing for, you know, the Yankees, when they get, you know, <laughs> somebody, somebody gets the stomach bug, all right, we need a 30 home run hitter for a week, and they're going to go out and get Matt Olsen and, uh, you know, and they'll sign him to some money. I'll tell you what, for fantasy baseball purposes, your name's not Chris Davis, I'm not drafting you on this team. For Davis no is what I was thinking of when I said Carter. Back-to-back back years Davis. with 40 home runs and 100 RBIs. He did it with a 247 average in both those seasons. But, I mean, if you're going to do 40 and 100, we could suffer with that average. I guess Chris Davis in the closer, I guess I would take just for the occasional save. But, I mean, Oakland, that's just a swamp. It was a, it's a minor league team playing with the majors. A uh, couple names to keep an eye on for prospect-wise, Vinny. Your boy, former boy, Dustin Fowler, former Yankee. Uh, very good chance he's up early in the season and batting leadoff for them. So you better stay away on. from those fences. <laughs> um, the shortstop, uh, he's kind of blocked right now because of Simeon, but Franklin Barreto, he's been up and down for the past season and a half. Uh, another name to keep an eye on. And then towards the end, maybe the middle of the All-Star break, towards the back end, Jorge Mateo, another former Yankee. Uh, lower average, I think, but when he comes up, this is a guy that can easily steal 40 bags for you. So just some names, former Yankees in that great trade keep an eye on but Dustin Fowler the big name out of the three who's the uh, most important player in this division um is it Mike Trout no I think you have to go with Altuve because I think this is their division 
In their division to lose, though. They suffered some sort of major injury. This is their division. I think they're too good. They can win without him. Mike Trout's probably the most important person. If you take him away from the Angels, what are they going to do? Um, I would say Trout. I said if if the Angels have any chance at competing for the division, they can't. Have, they they need to have Trout being Mike Trout again, which means playing 155 games and uh, keeping up his normal numbers, which he was doing last year until he got injured anyway. Um, and I, I think that Vinny's right. I think if Altuve or Correa or Springer anybody went out for an extended period of time with their pitching, they could stay in it. I just think that Trout is the best player in baseball. Who's the player to watch? Is it Otani? It has to be. Got to be Otani. Or even Felix Hernandez for both your questions. Otani is – there hasn't been a player like him yet. It's it's going to be unbelievable. Like you said before, uh, the West Coast games, just watching him when he's pitching, when he's hitting, um, it's going to be awesome. Um, and then we got team win totals. We'll do some over-unders on these teams. Uh, Vinny, if you want to hit them, and uh, you, Mike, and myself, we can uh, over or under, and down, we'll man. have uh, – I don't want to wake you up over there, but uh, you can write these if down. Goon can keep uh, – you know, keep track of these. We will throw the over-unders on our Twitter page and our Facebook page. And we'll as well. have these for all the other divisions. Let's start with the defending champs. The Houston Astros over-under is set at 97 and a half. Over. Under. I'm going to go under by slightly, very, very slightly under. It's hard to win 100 games. I don't care how good you are. Uh, Angels, 85. Um, that would be a – That's a nice mark, right? Yeah, that's, that's right there. It's 85, not 85 and a half? Nope, 85. Huh. Um – I'm gonna say I'm gonna say over. I really like their I really like their offense, and if they can get any pitching, and if they can maybe be one of those teams too that gets a Lance Lynn or somebody, because hey, they gotta go for it. They gotta get Trout into the playoffs. I'm gonna say guys. I'm gonna say over. Yes. So it would be 85 and what 77. 85 and 77. Yeah, I'll go over too. I'm gonna go under. So you got the under and the first two teams. Um, what do we have? Uh, Mariners 82. We have Rob's answer. Under. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going under also. And I'm going to go the under as well. So, under for all the teams. So, you are not a big AL West fan. So no, here's, here's my only <laughs> over. The Texas Rangers, 76 and a half. Under. Uh, we know what Mike's doing. Under. I'm going over. Rob, who you got? Uh, they won 78 games last year. I don't think there's – I don't think they're as good as last year. Um, but for the sake of my argument for thinking that they're going to be better than the Mariners – Although that's a big difference, 80, 82 to 76. That's, four to, that's five and a half game difference that they think. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to go with my, my mind is telling me that that's also an under. I don't think either of those teams are very good. All right. And we have the Athletics, not too far from the Rangers, Mike. The Rangers are 76 and a half. The A's are 74 and a half. Uh, that's not say, a lot of wins. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say they're a 100-loss team. I think, that's an, I think that's another under. Yeah, if not, they're going to be close. I'm going with under as well. All right, so there's your uh, AL West preview. Everybody uh, on Houston, um, I think that the the Angels are going to get the wild card spot. Um, it'll be fun to see a guy like, uh, you know, it could be Chris Sale versus Mike Trout, you know, in that AL wild card game. And I'm looking for looking towards something like that. That would just be great for for baseball to have a matchup like that where the winner gets to take on, uh, you know, the defending champions in Houston, and you could have the Boston Houston rematch or. Or even, you know, Trout and, you know, his, his guys against Houston. That the Angels would be a lot got of that fun. flash again with Otani. I mean, and now they got Upton over there. They got finally got some support around Trout. Mike, Mike would forward. be in a very bad, you know, weird spot if uh, Otani is everything Mike wants him to be. And then he had to face his uh, Red Sox in the playoff <laughs> game, That's especially true. a one-game one, uh, one game wild card. That would be a lot of fun for us. We got to get Mike, Mike an Otani jersey. Oh, get the mail. Get him an Otani jersey, <laughs> and then we'll the get one to give away on the show. Because this guy has been a huge topic, and we're going to get into that with uh, Fletcher as well. 
Um, but I'm looking forward to this guy. I mean, like you said, we've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It could be a complete flop, and it could be lethal. Who knows? Yeah, 11.30 over the top sports. Just waiting for uh, Jeff uh, Fletcher to come in. Uh, call in, excuse me, from the OC Register. He covers the Angels out there in Southern California. Um, he's going to give us a, a couple of tidbits, a uh, couple of notes from the Cactus League out there. Um, but just, you know, we're going to have uh, a preview every week, uh, every show, Monday night. We're going to hit you with another division yeah, to figure out who AL it is. Central, because that should be a quick uh, talk about the division. <laughs> we'll stay in the that AL. That could be the worst division in baseball. I think it is. I think 100% is. Well, and, we had, and they had two playoff teams last year. You know, so go figure. I mean, they're so bad, but they had two playoff teams. They had a team, you know, like Chicago that's out there selling pieces left and right. Um, and Cleveland's division to lose. I mean, between Cleveland and Houston, we know half of what the uh, the playoffs are going to be in the AL next year. And the other two teams are going to come from the West, uh, AL East. And then it, it, that's why I'm really interested in this Angels team. It's not just about Otani. I mean, this is a team that's got to take that next step. Yeah, They've got to start feeling some pressure. And that's why it bothers me that these guys are all out there unsigned, these uh, pitching free agents. Because if anybody feels pressure, it's got to be uh, Anaheim. They've got to get Trout in the playoffs, and they've got to get Pujols there. I mean, they spent all this money on Pujols, and he hasn't made a postseason appearance yet. you got to get a bang for that buck. They've been in the shadow of the Dodgers for a long time. There's finally some hype there. I thought the Upton move was great for them over there. Pujols is old, but you got to keep his eye on all his career milestones over there, which is fun. And, and he's still 100. And you know what? He's still the guy that nuts. cracks in 90 a year. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So well, I His mean, numbers every year, fan, I mean, other than batting average, fantasy-wise, he's worth it for the power it numbers. really is. The rotation's bad, man. The yeah, well, that, there's an easy fix for it, and they don't have to give up anybody. There's, two, there's three guys out there still. And then they had Justin Upton, just a key cog in the middle of that lineup. He's going to see a lot of fastballs. He's a fastball hitter. I mean, I saw him with the Braves, and we all know what he's done. He's done it in Arizona. He did it in, uh, in Atlanta and in Detroit. He struggled a little bit, but then he came alive at the end of last year. He had a really, really good year and a contract year. So that's the one thing you worry about with him is now that he got paid, is he going to be able to do it again? Yeah, and, you know, we just talked about it. I love the Kinsler move. It really didn't give up much for him. Veteran presence, second base. And, and Zach Cozart last year was an all-star. Uh, so – Another under-the-radar move, a, a nice fit for them, if you ask me. So it'll be very interesting to see. Um, you know, I think we can all agree. They're not going to have a trouble scoring runs. It's just going to be uh, the pitching aspect. So. Let me ask you this. With the money that they're willing to throw out there and spend, do you think that a guy like Lance Lynn or anybody like that would be um, kind of dissuaded to go there by the thought of being part of a six-man rotation? Maybe. I think it's possible. I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't want to be in a six-man rotation. You know who that maybe, would be good for? Do. I know a lot of the Japanese pitchers. You know who would be a good fit there is Jake Arrieta on a one-year deal. That's what a I, one-year prove-it deal. Guys can't get a one-year deal at all. Give him a one-year prove-it deal at a decent salary. He probably and, don't want it. And with the six-man rotation, he's going to save a couple innings in his arms, so he'll be a little bit sharper next year. And if he shows he could do it in Anaheim and maybe pitches in the postseason, does some damage in the postseason, he can you know finally clean up next year in free agency. I mean, that's that's what I would have to look at if I'm them. you, you got to have – you. You can't have six mediocre pitchers and, no. and and rely on, you know, Mike Trout winning you the division because as great as Trout's been, he's never done it. He's never gotten them there. You know, something we didn't talk, uh, you know, obviously we'll do a whole fantasy show, but um, easily the top two players could be out of this division, uh, Mike Trout and uh, Altuve. Would you both agree with that? And are you still on Mike Trout as being the number one guy for fantasy this year? I'm, sure. I'm, half, uh, I'm half with what you said. I am still ready, willing, and able to say that Korea is going to take over the best fantasy player in the Houston Astros, or for the Houston Astros. 
Um, I Listen, Altuve was great last year. He helped them win the World Series. He's a stud. He was even better than I thought he would be, but I still think if Korea gets older, um, he's the best player and the best hitter on that Astros team. I mentioned earlier I think he still has reached his potential, and obviously he's done well enough now. Uh, I think hands down, though, Mike, it's Mike Trout number one, Jose Altuve number two in that exact order. I agree with you about Trout. I agree that Altuve will be drafted ahead of Korea, but I bet you if you look at that's that'll be my bet at the end of the uh, season – Korea will finish higher up in the rankings than uh, Altuve does. Altuve won that I'm a big, I'm a big, big, big Korea fan. Big Korea fan. Just think with fantasy, Altuve touches everything. That's why. No, he does. I don't want to take it. I'm not taking anything away from no, him I either. No, I understand what you're saying with Korea. It's just uh, those stolen bases. They've become so rare now from a guy that can do everything else. Yeah, and there's no other sleepers anywhere else in that. Div- you know, the lower parts of the division. So. Uh, you know, we'll see. That's you know, that's why that division is so much fun. There's so much talent there with Houston and with Los Angeles. And uh, to talk about the Anaheim Angels, uh, we've got Jeff Fletcher. He writes for them, uh, for the OC Register out there in Orange County. Uh, nice early morning start for you, and thank you so much for joining us in Over the Top Sports. Sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, listen, we're starting to get to the dog days now of spring training, uh, the end of the month for the beginning of the season. Uh, a lot of hype, though, around the Angels. And listen, they haven't made the playoffs in Trout's tenures. There's a lot of pressure starting to brew on this team to take that next step with this roster that they have. Uh, well, there is a lot of pressure. They did make the playoffs once since 2014. They got swept, though, so they haven't won a game still with Trout. But there's definitely you know, they have three years left of Mike Trout, and uh, there's a lot of people that have throwing around the phrase wasting Mike Trout. And uh, I don't think the Angels really look at it that way, but they certainly want to make the playoffs just as much as if they didn't have Mike Trout as much as every other team. They, they definitely want to, uh, to take the next step. Yeah, and uh, Jeff, again, thank you for joining us. Um, last season, the Angels had one pitcher over 150 innings, and that was Ricky Nolasco. Uh, how's the attitude been this spring about the rotation? I know you just wrote a piece about J.C. Ramirez, um, and the team's expecting a lot out of him. Well, they've got a collection of eight or nine guys that they feel could uh, could be quality starting pitchers in the major leagues. Most of them have injury histories, so they're not really sure what they're going to get. But they uh, they feel like they're healthy now, and you know they've got the volume of them. So they think that if they uh, they uh, have enough guys that stay healthy, they can be good. Now, the Angels are going forward with a six-man rotation. We haven't seen that in a while. Uh, Shuei Otani is a big part of that. Uh, how do you think the six-man rotation is going to work, and do you think there's a lot of question marks in the rotation of who makes the six-man? I don't think there's too much questions. I think, I think the, the first five are, are pretty certain. It's going to be Richards, Otani, Skag, Heaney, and Shoemaker. And then probably J.C. number six. Uh, could be Parker Burgo Nick Tropiano if somebody gets hurt. Uh, I don't think it's really going to be too much of an issue going with six men because, you know, they all the pitchers have injury history, so they can probably all use the extra day. And they're all, you know, they're, they're all good enough to be major league starters, so it's not like you're throwing a, a terrible pitcher out there for the sake of giving everybody an extra day. They have enough guys. Now, if some of them start to get hurt, if they don't have enough, then that becomes an issue. But right now they're okay. That's what I was going to ask you next. The death, if any of these guys go down, that's your seventh and eighth pitcher now coming in. Do you guys feel confident in the pitchers you have behind the six-man rotation? Uh, well, that's Parker Bridwell, who last year had about a 370 ERA and about 20 starts. And uh, Nick Tropiano, who was having a really good season before he went down to Tommy John surgery in uh, 2016. So those are 
pretty decent insurance policies, and uh, they also have a prospect named Jaime Barria, who they feel like can contribute sometime this year. So uh, that's that's what they're hoping for. And I think Trop- uh, Tropiano actually has ties to Long Island, which is where uh, we're out of. Um, Jeff, real quick, uh, Albert Pujols has played very little in the field the past two seasons, and now is projected to play a ton of first base. Do you know how willing he was to play first base every day for Otani? And do you realistically think he can hold up playing first base every day? Oh, well, first of all, Pujols wants to play first base all the time uh, before Otani. It's not any sacrifice on his part to do it. And I believe that they felt he was ready to play first base before they even made the pitch for Otani, which was the way they were able to do it. Because if obviously if they went into the Otani meeting saying, you know, hey, we, we can't offer you the ancient bats because we have Albert Pujols locked into there, he wouldn't have picked them. So, uh, you know, Pujols has gotten in much better shape this year because he didn't have any surgery. And uh, he he loves playing first base. He's wanted to play first base all the time. He just wasn't physically able to. So I don't think it's a, a sacrifice for him in any way. And you've seen uh, Otani now a couple of times down there in the Cactus League. Uh, what have you guys seen from his arm? Is it everything that you expected just in the early? Uh, is this stuff what you heard about uh, on the pitching end? And then, of course, um, at, at the uh, plate as well. Well, you know, we haven't seen him throw 102 yet, but uh, I wouldn't really expect that in <laughs> spring training. But, uh, you know, I only know a Syndergaard does that. Yeah. Uh, we've consistently seen him in, you know, 95, 96, 97, which is good enough, plenty good enough in the big leagues. And his breaking stuff is, is really impressive. He's got to throw a few more strikes. I think that's probably his biggest issue so far. If you get behind in the big leagues, you're not going to be successful. And uh, offensively, I think that uh, – they really like his power. They sort of expect him to, to be like a, one of these three true outcomes guys who's going to strike out a lot, walk a lot, and hit a lot of homers. Now, by a lot, you know, that bear in mind, that means he's only probably going to get 275, 300 plate appearances at most because of pitching. So a lot of homers for him might be, you know, 18 or 19. But uh, that's what they think. They think they're going to get out of him. And, you know, we'll see. I'm not sure. I think it's going to be really tough to hit when you're, only doing it part-time, you know, keeping your timing and rhythm and all that stuff. But the Angels are surely going to give them an opportunity to try it out. Now, the Angels lower the right field wall 10 feet over there. What influenced the organization to go forward with that? Well, I think they uh, they did a lot of studies that just found that maybe it would, uh, it would be more of a benefit to them to have more of a balanced ballpark, not so pitcher-friendly. And uh, – so they think that just by moving the uh, the line down across the wall, so it's ten less feet you got to hit the ball to get a homer, that uh, they think it'll help them. I'm not really sure how it's going to help them that much because they only have a couple left-handed hitters, and uh, you know it's the same wall for the other team. It's probably going to have more left-handed hitters, but right. I trust that they've put a lot more thought into it than I have. So we'll see. Uh, anybody just joining us? We're speaking to Jeff Fletcher, uh, Angels beat writer. Be followed on Twitter at Jeff Fletcher OCR uh, on Twitter. That's his handle. Uh, and Jeff, we only see the pictures uh, on Twitter or uh, you know ESPN. But what's the media craze been like with Otani? Have you ever seen anything like this for spring training? Uh, no, I haven't really seen anything like this. It hasn't actually been as crazy as I suspected it might be. Uh, so like the first day, there were about a hundred media members out there as opposed to like four, which we would normally have. Uh, but then as the days went on, it kind of dwindled and it became a little more routine and, you know, he's not doing anything new anymore. He's already pitched. He's already hit. So now there's, there's maybe 25 or 30 extra 
uh, media out there, which is not really that uh, onerous. It's uh, it's not that big of a deal. They they move his press conferences, uh, you know, out of the way of everybody else, so he doesn't, you know, uh, disturb the rest of the team's workouts, and uh, it doesn't take very long. It all seems to be working pretty smoothly so far. And you know, all the um, everybody's looking at. Trout, Otani, you know, you got a big couple of big names there, obviously, uh, with Pujols, even Upton. Uh, but a guy that I really like, and maybe it's because I'm biased, I'm an Atlanta Braves fan, but I thought Angelton Simmons last year at the plate really took the next step. Uh, having uh, you know, the chance to see him every day like you do, um, appreciating his game, you know, at shortstop defensively, but also at the plate, uh, what did he bring to that team, and how much can he lengthen that lineup and really make it tougher on other teams pitching? Yeah, I mean, he had a great year offensively last year. Uh, I don't think even the Angels expected that when they got him. I think they just thought that he's going to be a, an amazing shortstop, which obviously he is. He's the best shortstop I've ever seen. I covered Omar Vizquel, too. Uh, he's, he's incredible. He finds extra outs where you don't think that they exist. But uh, offensively, if he could just hold his own and do what he did last year, that's a huge boost to their lineup. Because now, when you know the guys they've added to their lineup, when you have Cozart now and Kinsler in there and a full season of Upton. All of a sudden, last year there were games where uh, Simmons was even hitting a cleanup, I think, a few times. And now he's going to be hitting like eight. So uh, that definitely lengthens out the lineup. And, and they really only have one guy in the lineup that's, that's probably below average hitter, and that's Martin Maldonado, who won a gold glove catcher. So I think they, they feel like they have a pretty good lineup now. Jeff, uh, when I talked to you to have you come on, uh, I mentioned that we do have a big fantasy baseball audience. Uh, is there somebody um, that maybe might be slipping under our radar that, uh, you know, the listeners could just keep an eye on? Uh, you know, you think this is the year that Andrew Heaney maybe stays healthy and, and lives up to the hype. Is there a name that we just haven't mentioned uh, for fantasy baseball purposes? Well, I would say if, if I were going to pick one uh, guy on the team to have a breakthrough season that nobody's expecting this year, I would take Tyler Skaggs. I think he's got the best, the third best stuff, basically raw stuff on the whole pitching staff after Garrett Richards and Otani. And uh, he wow. just hasn't really been able to, to put it together. He's had a couple injuries. He had Tommy John surgery last year in this half of the season with just an oblique injury, which, you know, not an arm injury, obviously. So that gives you a little more confidence that he's going to be okay with that. So he hasn't had an arm problem in, you know, almost two years now. Uh, he's got great stuff. He's got a pretty good attitude. I think he's coming into that point in his career where it's kind of a now he needs to show something. And, uh, you know, Heaney is sort of in the same category, but Heaney is coming off the arm problem. He had Tommy John surgery. He just got back from last year. Skaggs is an extra year ahead of that. So uh, I would take Skaggs as my kind of sleeper. And at the back end of the um, bullpen there, Cam Bedrosian, the guy this year, uh, we saw some of him last year. It looks like he had good stuff. Uh, uh, he trusted now at the back end of that bullpen for the whole season? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. They have a Blake Parker who came out of nowhere last year and had a great season kind of pitching all over the middle innings. And at the, at the end of the season, he was a closer. He's probably starting the season as a closer. Cam Bedrosian, I would say, is, is right there. And uh, Bedrosian obviously has the stuff, too. His, his last year, he had a groin injury that really ruined his whole year. He thinks he's over that and he's strengthened his lower half this year. So he's hoping to get back to the way he pitched in 2016. He certainly could be a closer. Uh, I, would, I think probably both those guys are going to get saves for the Angels this year. I don't know who's going to get more, but uh, it's, they're going to just ride the hot hand. They're not going to 
designate one guy and say, you're our closer for the whole six months. They're going to kind of go with whoever's pitching the best. Now, the hot stove wasn't too hot this offseason. You guys certainly made your splash with Otani, but there's guys like Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb, and um, Jake Arrieta out there still looking for a job. I thought maybe the six-man rotation might have been an interesting spot. You you said earlier you're pretty comfortable with that. Do you have any idea if the Angels had any, any interest in these guys, and why are teams not going in on these guys right now? Well, I know the Angels have probably checked in on everybody, and uh... – you know, certainly another starting pitcher and a guy like Lance Lynn, who's got a, a pretty healthy track record, certainly would uh, would have a spot for them. But I think they just really don't want to don't want to put any more resources into a guy like that. They just got out from under the Josh Hamilton contract, which was a nightmare. So I don't think they really yeah. want to go in on any big contracts for anybody, which obviously is something that we're seeing from a lot of teams now. The Angels were maybe ahead of the curve in that, uh, avoiding that, but. Uh, I think they've kept in touch with these guys, but unless they can get a real steal on somebody, they're probably not going to do it. Because like I said, they got nine guys that they feel like are major league starters this year. And, you know, if they, if they're going to spend some money, they want to kind of maybe save it for the trading deadline or for next winter. Uh, I think those things are all factors for them. Yeah. The CJ Wilson contract was a killer too. It looks good for two years, but uh, not so good for the last three. Yeah, he's, he's like racing now. You ever check up on his races? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't seen what he's up to. I know he's selling cars also. <laughs> he's like out of out of sight, out of mind. But uh, Jeff, finally, before we let you go, uh, three of us we all think that they're uh, definitely going to compete for that wild card spot in the AL. Um, a lot of games to make up on Houston, who we think is just probably still the best team in the in the division and and the league. Uh, your prediction on where this team ends up by the end of the year? Yeah, it's really hard to to pick them to finish out of the Astros because, you know, 21 games is a lot to make up. Uh, I think they could certainly make up half of that, but that's still, you're still in second place. So, you know, I, I do think right now they look like about a 86 to 88 win team on paper. If some things break their way, they could go to like 91, 92, which still might be in second place, but, but certainly is good enough to get them in a wild card. They should definitely be probably one of the wild card favorites right now. And, uh, you know, if they if they get there and can, can win one game, then, uh, then who knows? Yeah, and it would be uh, Trout's first win in the playoffs, and uh, it would be a lot of fun. Listen, it, they're a fun team to watch. Uh, a lot of uh, good stories there, and we thank you so much for joining us and uh, wish them the best this year, and uh, hopefully they have a good season. We can catch up with you uh, going towards the postseason. So, uh, Jeff Fletcher, thank you so much for joining us. Sure, thanks. All right, that's Jeff Fletcher, uh, Angels you, Jeff. beat writer, uh, for the OC register, you can follow him on Twitter at Jeff Fletcher OCR, um, giving us a couple of minutes there about the Anaheim Angels in the AL West. Um, so it's going to be an interesting, uh, I think, two-team race. I don't know if it's going to be much of a race, but if anybody's going to give uh, Houston any trouble, it's going to be the Angels. So thank you to him for joining us on Over the Top Sports Radio. Saturday morning, that concludes our uh, first division preview that we are uh, going to be giving to you every show between now and the end of the preseason, or as they call it, spring training. So a uh, good job by him. Uh, anything you take out of that, maybe uh, Skaggs, Absolutely. maybe the quote by committee too as well. Uh, if you're a fantasy guy and you uh, thought maybe this was going to be camp, I, I was in on camp thinking he was going to be the closer. Uh, you're going to have to have second thoughts about it now, especially fantasy-wise. Yeah, a lot of things out of there, uh, especially the Pujols thing struck me, uh, you know, that he they wanted him to play first base. He wanted to play first base even before the whole Otani thing. So uh, that to me is, is big considering his age. Um, you know, we've seen his offense is, is still steady, but uh, – 
very interesting stuff. And, uh, you know, he and uh, the other Angel writers project them to be uh, an early wildcard favorite. You would have to agree. In the right field wall, doing that without those left-handed power hitters, that's a right-handed heavy team. You got Trout, you got Upton, you got Pohos, and they don't have those lefties. I know Otani is in there now. But Cole Calhoun. He even said, yeah. don't expect Otani to get any more than 300 at-bats. That'd be a lot for him. 18 home runs would be a lot for him, too. Which, so. is, which is fine, and it makes sense to me, too. Uh, I mean, the whole uh, Otani at-bats thing, too. You can't overwhelm the guy. You can't give him 500 at-bats. Uh, he he right. cannot be playing literally every single day, especially no, he, if he's pitching in those games. You need your uh, the only other thing that you could take away fantasy-wise is uh, if Otani's only going to see 200 at-bats, the hitting Otani is undraftable, if you ask me, in Yahoo. Um, you know, ESPN and CBS have him as one. Uh, that is just added value, you know, having a pitcher that can hit on days he's not pitching. The hitting Otani is just going to be nothing more than a pickup and stream him that you day. You really have to manage him. You right. Keep well, you think of it this way. When he plays, you start him. Right. If he gets to 300 at-bats, that doesn't even average two at-bats per game. So... Yeah, how much are you going to get out of him? I don't know. Well, it depends on how they use him, honestly. Listen, I mean, there will be a week where he hits two or three home runs and everybody runs to get him exactly. off waivers. What, but, a, yeah. what is it if he has a hot week and they just keep playing him? You know, uh, I, I, a phenom. We don't know. <laughs> and, uh, Vinny, I'm not sure if you were, uh, were on the show. We mentioned it. Um, he projected as an 80 runner. And we talked about, uh, you know, Vlad Guerrero Jr. with the 70 power or 70 contact, whatever it was. An 80 runner is, uh, you know, Altuve speed. So, uh, you know, interesting. Do you let you him run it. when he gets on? Do you, are you nervous about a sliding injury? You got Ishiro wheels? Right. It's just, uh, it's really just, we've never seen a player. I'll tell you what, Mike Sosha teams love to run. Yeah. So maybe they will be running him. Yeah. So um, thank you so much once again to Jeff Fletcher. And uh, we will get you, what do you guys want to do? AL Central? AL Central Monday? Yeah, we do sure. Central for Monday. AL Central Monday. And uh, we get closer and closer to, uh, you know, the beginning of baseball season drafts coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, but Hey, you get something good out of a beat writer like that. Um, you get, you know, a couple of teams like that all of a sudden it might change the way that you think when you draft. So uh, over-unders will be posted on social media that we gave you. Uh, we're all in on the Houston Astros to win the division. Uh, and all of us think that the angels, you know, they might be the favorite to win one of the two wild cards. Uh, maybe not the favorite because it's going to be the Yankees or the Red Sox, but that'll be interesting when we get to the AL East. And uh, we have the two guys going back and forth, Red Sox, Yankees, and I'm just playing tennis and eating my popcorn. I might bring popcorn for that one. Uh, but that should be fun. It's going to no, be a I lot of fun for those teams. winning that division also. I think you're a fool not to. Well, they're not the reigning defending champions. Well, they're Brian. one game away, and they weren't supposed to be there last year. So, No, it's going to be fun. And we'll get there soon. We, we might have to get there on a uh, might have to get there on a Saturday morning where we have the extra time. And, Definitely uh, do the East on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely do these on Anyway, final minutes, guys, left in the show. Uh, you know, anything else? NBA, Knicks look terrible again. Trey Burke, I think, is their best player. He didn't even start the year in the NBA. Stop he was a D-League guy. <laughs> um, but Hornacek, is this guy going to keep his job? I don't know. I don't. I mean, now you can't really pin it on him because of the Porzingis injury. But, I mean, I guess he was kind of on the hot seat to begin with. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I, you can't really pin it on him either way, if you ask me. This team wasn't ready to compete this year, unfortunately. They they got up to a little fun, hot start, especially at home. The, the Knicks suck, and they need to suck. We want that lottery pick. Get us uh, the best pick as possible. Yeah, and the NBA, uh, it was LeBron James week. Uh, he had crazy uh, pass, the no look, behind that, the back, through the guy's legs. Something else. It was something else. Lucky until if you until after the game, he admitted he didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. He said he didn't even know it went through the guy's legs until halftime. Somebody told him. Uh, but it will be one of those plays that you see 50 years from now when people talk about NBA greats and basketball greats, and they look at they show the video package of LeBron, that will be on every single highlight you ever see. Get this, though. 
LeBron James, the NCAA, is corrupt. And everybody cares what he says. The guy didn't even go to freaking college, and everyone cares about what he says about the NCAA being corrupt. What the hell does he know? He didn't go to school. <laughs> I'm sure he got a lot of offers, though, <laughs> like those Calipari offers. Unless that's what the case, he probably got offered God knows what. Maybe it's corrupt because he thinks college. they didn't offer him enough money. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, but you didn't go to school, so I don't care about your opinion. I don't care. I don't get why whenever he says a political thing, everybody, ESPN especially, they have to cover it. I mean, just shut up. The guy's not as smart as people think he is. He's, great, he's a great basketball player. But he's no politician. But ESPN has turned over the years to become the LeBron James network. They've gone from talking all sports to talking LeBron 30 times in an hour. So they've put all their eggs they in They want basket. LeBron to be better than Jordan so bad. Um, did you guys see uh, the 76ers the other night with uh, the Cavs and uh, Clarkson throwing the ball at uh, Sarchik? Did you have any issue with uh, Sarchik taking the dunk there? And uh... I didn't see it. I don't, I don't know. The, I didn't see it either. Oh, I saw so, you. I saw you post that. Dario, Dario looked a little. Game was, game was pretty much. Yeah, he looked terrible. <laughs> uh, the game was pretty much over. Uh, Sarchik, who I'm pronouncing his name wrong too, on Philly took a dunk with uh, maybe like eight seconds left, and the game was out of hand. Clarkson took exception to it, threw the ball at the back of him, and that started a whole little uh, pushing match and pissing match. And uh, LeBron James actually uh, kind of grabbed a referee, which I'm sure nothing will happen with that because it's LeBron James. But if it was anybody else, it would be an issue. But uh, it was basically just one of those things like, uh, you know, don't show us off at home court type thing. And, uh, you know, I, I never have an issue with that. If you don't want them to, to score, you, you stop them from scoring. That's the thing. It's like football also. You're sick of somebody running up the score, then go play defense. That's the issue with that. And that's the story that I was going with. Yeah, I got see Harden's crossover. Yeah, and that made him was, look like a fool. Hey, that was disrespectful. And he stared him down, <laughs> and then he waited for him to get up, and then shot yeah, the three. Yeah. He he waited the extra. I even thought he might have traveled. He was moving those feet a lot, but the stare down. He, There's no it, such thing as traveling anymore in the NBA. Yeah. The NBA. Uh, James Harden knows that best, believe me. They stopped calling traveling a long, long, long time ago. They stopped calling uh, palming everything. It, it, listen, I'm not a big NBA guy. College basketball is a better product. It sure is. It's harder to get into. It's the best time of the year now. Harder to get into because there's so many damn games and so many teams. If you don't have a favorite team or your school that you went to is not good, it's hard to get in the NCAA. But you can never have a trouble getting into it at this time when it's bracket time and there's money to be made off of it because it's gambling. I can't wait for that Monday show when we do our brackets. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, I'm sure that if we have a competition, I will not be winning. Oh, I agree. My bracket will be horrible. (laughs) I another, promise you. Another good game. They finally dropped the line. It's Michigan State versus Michigan today, minus five. Uh, Michigan State had a tough ride with West, Wisconsin yesterday, but Michigan completely rolled in their, against their game against uh, Nebraska. Uh, I like Michigan maybe it might be able to pull an upset against the Spartans over there, at least cover the five. So that's another game you could throw in on my uh, plays today. So I don't know what game this is in soccer. But, uh, <laughs> oh, soccer. And in four minutes, it's the 97th minute, and whatever team this was just scored on a free kick to tie it. So that cost people money. This is the English Premier League, which is pretty much impossible to bet. <laughs> uh, they got the uh, – <laughs> Big Mike putting in three times uh, got not, uh, not on this league. Apparently, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are extremely close to the extension, but he will not sign until he sees what Kirk Cousins gets. I don't blame him. Good for him. Well, I mean, he should get double what Kirk Cousins Yeah. <laughs> he, that should be his thing. All right, give me double. We got a deal. And Breeze is supposed to – that's supposed to be done any day now. They said uh, no hidden secret. Him and Sean Payton, best of friends, he was staying there the whole time. Yeah, I couldn't see Breeze. They were talking day. about that today, too. I mean, we, we brought up earlier in the show uh, Giants, you know, quarterback or running back. You know, if you know he's going to be a Hall of Fame running back, do you take him? But, you know, how many Hall of Fame running backs have won Super Bowls back and forth? The Chargers – had LaDainian Tomlinson and Drew Brees in the same draft. 
and they weren't able to take advantage of it. They ended up getting rid of Breeze, obviously, and went with Phillip Rivers, but you just wonder how much that organization would be different had they been able to uh, keep Drew Breeze there. Oh, I don't think you could fault them. With no, Rivers. Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, but he's, he's not near Breeze, what Drew Breeze is. With San Diego. I think Breeze, I think Sean Payton had a lot to do with Oh, Breeze. and playing indoors. Right. And, and playing course. indoors. But the, there are not many uh, elements in uh, San Diego to play. Trust me, you're playing like you're indoors. We're in San Diego. It's just, I'm just saying, you never know. I mean, they had one of the top running backs of our generation and the top quarterbacks of our generation, and they drafted them in the same draft. Uh, yeah. Tomlinson in the first round and Breeze in the second round. And like I said, I didn't necessarily say that they didn't win a Super Bowl. They couldn't turn it into a Super right. Bowl. They didn't turn Breeze into assets that won them a Super Bowl. They just one of those teams that just couldn't get the job done in the playoffs. And let me tell you something. Go ahead, Mike. No, go ahead, Ben. All right, I was going to say, I'm going to get a little back off the Kirk Cousins here. If the Vikings go forward and pay Kirk Cousins all that money, as big of a Skull fan as I've been this year supporting them, I hope they go down the dumpster oh, for Kirk stop, Cousins after not giving stop, Case Keenum stop. the respect he deserves. This guy still uh, can't earn the respect from anybody. I we're talking Kirk Cousins, that offense, you would have to think if Cook comes back healthy. Um, Who has more playoff wins, Kirk Cousins or Case Keenum? Oh, God. Case Keenum was an MVP candidate this year. I am not a big Kirk Cousins fan, but he's better than Case Keenum. I and cheaper. He's, he's better than Case And cheaper. Keenum. He did a pretty damn good job with that Viking. Cousins Rob, you brought up with Damian Tomlinson real quick. Uh, Matt Forte retired this week. And, uh, listen, his time with the Jets was really nothing to speak of. But with the Bears, he was a very good running back. And fantasy, he was a top three running back. Uh, you know, he's one of the played. top running backs we've had in our, in our last 10, 15 years because of his pass awesome. catching. He yep. could have been a lot better if Michael Bush didn't steal all the touchdowns. So uh, just props to him on a career and retiring fairly young, probably could still play a little bit. Uh, you'd have to think he gets into TV. Somewhere. And listen, he had a lot of his career with Chicago playing with Brandon Marshall. Yep. He played with Brandon Marshall at the Jets, two close guys. And if the Giants cut Marshall, you have to wonder if they're going to end up retiring together. You have to wonder if Marshall can get a job I don't this think year. Marshall wants to retire, even though he's on that. Marshall's uh, gonna play. He's so ready to he's be on, a, what, HBO, inside well, the NFL. Yeah. He's so ready to basically take over over the top sports radio <laughs> and be, be a media mogul here <laughs> in New York. Uh, final minute though, uh, what do you guys got? Uh, listen, Jordan Stoll. We talked about it the other day. He came back, Rob, um, crazy that uh, with his daughter. It just came out also that she was born with some sort of um, you know defect when she was born. Um, so. Just uh, hearts go out to the family. He came back, addressed his teammates, said his teammates were so supportive. But you know, having a, a little kid like I do, it's just uh, it's unimaginable. If yeah. you're looking for a fun fight tonight, free on Showtime. Deontay Wilder is taking place, guys. This guy is legitimate heavyweight. He has he's 38 and 0 with 37 knockouts. He's taking on OTs. He does not box like your average boxer. He goes in there like it's a street fight, swinging for it to take your head off. He's a fun fun boxer to watch, and I can't wait to see him uh, fight tonight. What's the odds on him, you know? He's like minus 360-something, <laughs> which is actually low for him. And for me, uh, listen, if you live in the New York area, the Islanders suck. They're playing at 5. The Rangers suck. They're playing at 10, 1030. Uh, the Knicks and Nets aren't even on. No, catch the Maple Leafs and Capitals tonight. They're playing uh, an outdoor game at the U.S. Naval Academy. I think it's a really cool setting. Uh, 8 o'clock on NBC. It's a national game. Part of their stadium series. I'm not so sure why at the Naval Academy there's a Canadian team playing. Not so sure I like that. But either way, two uh, very good teams going at it tonight. And if you want a reason to watch, find a way to bet the game. This way you have something to root for. Um, but the Islanders over under is six and a half, and so is the Rangers, by the way. The Islander, the Pittsburgh's minus 260. If you want to make any sure money, lay it out. Lay it out. Lay it out. Put 2600 on it and win a grand, okay? <laughs> you will get easy 
free money. Make the money. Take the free money. And listen to us on Monday night when we break down the AO Central and more on Over the Top Sports Radio. Goodbye, everybody. Good night, everybody. Check out our website at www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S, and on Instagram at Over the Top Sports Show.